Accidental Fuel, the podcast that focuses on what no one else is talking about. Mistakes. The dental world is full of before and afters, and no one is talking about the middle. Dental Fuel brings you the unspoken in between. Dental Fuel is brought to you by Doctors Disability Specialists, a team dedicated to helping dentists and physicians with disability insurance, life insurance, and comprehensive business planning. In this episode, Dr. Johnson talks about being a Dawson faculty member, being involved with Ignite DDS, and a clinical mistake that she made that allowed her to grow in her practice of dentistry. Shannon Johnson, welcome to Dental Fuel. How are you doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to see you. Uh, I know the last time we spoke was via a Instagram Live. Was. Now we are in the flesh at our Ignite DDS Okay. In the flesh. In the flesh. Ignite DDS retreat. I'm so happy to see you. How are you enjoying our retreat so far? Oh, the energy is great. Um, it's been fabulous to brainstorm with like all these energetic, creative minds. So, you know, I, I count myself as a very fortunate soul to be here. Oh, well, we f- feel fortunate to have you in our company as well, too. Shannon, I would love if you would share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. All right. So Shannon Johnson from Kentucky, Louisville, to be uh, appropriately the right city. Anyway, a little bit about me. I graduated from dental school a little over 20 years ago. And in that time frame, after I graduated from school, I did a one-year postgraduate training program down in Florida, uh, AEGD program. And then I stayed and taught at that program for several years before I went into private practice, had a small fee-for-service practice in Florida until I had to relocate back to Kentucky for some family reasons. And then I've been back in Kentucky and I've taught at the University of Louisville and I'm back in private practice now. Can you tell us a little bit about your private practice? So my practice is very interesting and unique. Um, I office share space with a, um, an older doctor. I use one operatory that I basically rent from him and I started it from scratch right at the pandemic. So it's been you know, really interesting to watch that grow um, to a couple hundred patients and it's just me. So, so cool. Quite fascinating yeah. little practice, but definitely a different setup. Yeah. One chair. I know. It's so interesting. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about dentistry. You can yeah. do it however, how you, how you want it, however how you, you, want. How you want. Yeah. If yeah. you can dream it, you can make it. I would love if you would also share about your journey with Dawson and you are a faculty member for them. Is that correct? That is correct. So back in dental school, I had a couple patients who really, got me thinking that there had to be a better way. So one of the first patients was a five-unit bridge that I was doing in my third year of school. And my, my faculty member said, you know, it's not going to last. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't it last? Why am I going to do a five-unit mm-hmm. bridge, which was wisdom tooth to premolar? Like, why is it going to last? Why, why would I do it? And so anyway, that got me thinking and that got me searching. And that's how I stumbled upon to Pete Dawson, Concepts of Complete Dentistry, in his book. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of cool. Well, then fast forward to my senior year, I encounter a denture patient that I had to see over 20 times in dental school. Like 20 times, I made multiple dentures with every yeah. faculty member, pros faculty. And I'm like, all right, I'm getting ready to graduate dental school, and I don't want to practice like that. I need something predictable. And it just so happened that I the residency program was associated with the Dawson Academy, and I cool. learned about them. So I'm like, I want to go down yeah. to the beach for a little bit. So um, I was fortunate enough to be accepted into that program, and then over time, I established a relationship with the Academy. So that's how I have been there. So predictability. Yes. Uh, how, in addition to predictability, how did the Dawson Academy transform the way that you practice? 
My favorite thing is that Pete Dawson would ask the question, who deserves an incomplete exam? And if you look at that honestly and ethically, you realize every patient deserves the best to know what's going on and to be able to have like maintainably beautiful, healthy mouth, whatever that might look like for that patient, their economic level, that sort of thing. And so I was able to learn how to really connect with patients, no matter the practice setting, um, and provide care at an elevated level, meeting these requirements for like functional stability, aesthetic stability, and again, that the patient can maintain it. And so I find that those principles are timeless and they apply pretty much in any practice. And I've practiced a lot of different ways. So I get quite passionate about it. Very so. cool. Now, if a person can't go out to Dawson, say it's a new dentist coming out of school, really wants to start learning more, up their CE game, what would your recommendation be for them? So I think you have to really look at yourself, see where the return on investment is going to be initially. Like, what do I need to learn first? And then I think you have to seek out the highest quality that you can pay for. So depending on where you are regionally, there are like so many amazing like CE centers um, and a lot of really great state meetings um, or like regional meetings that you can attend and hear speakers. So you can go here, Dawson. Some spear faculty, panky faculty at some of those meetings and really challenge yourself, but focus in on building a strong foundation of occlusal principles and then just start diving in. If you want to do aesthetics, you know, make sure that you have a strong understanding of materials um, and then start there. And then, of course, you know, as a bias because, you know, we're on the podcast, we might want to talk a little bit about, hmm, who's that? Huh. Ignite. That's because, right. Oh yes. my God, come on. So affordable. <laughs> what, um, a, what a natural plug. I wasn't going in that direction. I know, but, but, but honestly, so here's the thing, you know, Ignite DDS is here to like inspire um, and help young dentists start to grow and to see what's possible in a very, again, ethical way. So um, great content. Reach out to everything that you can that's free. Find a mentor. You know, it doesn't always have to cost an arm and a leg, mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to access really good quality people. You just have to be passionate and you have to put in some legwork. So. How did you get connected with Ignite? So it was actually through the Academy. Look so, at that. yeah. So David came and, um, spoke at a couple of our, uh, alumni retreat meetings and things like that. And so then we started to meet and talk and then he asked, because I was running some other study clubs, if I would be a study club mentor. And I was like, to go hang out with some of the, like the most brilliant young dentists in like the country. Of course I'm going to do that. Um, so that's how it started. Thank you for your kind words. I don't consider myself that, but I am learning uh, I, for sure from people like yourself. We're all so. on the journey. That's right. It's, it's uh, the practice of dentistry. Yeah. Continuous learning. You, for our listeners out there, you have so much to learn um, from Dr. Johnson here. And if you're curious to hear a little bit about what she's teaching, her methodology inspired by Dawson, the study club through Ignite DDS is a great way to get an introduction to what study clubs are, to advancing your techniques and your skill in dentistry and to learning from brilliant minds like um, Shannon Johnson uh, and, you know, finding a mentor in them as well, too, and somebody that you can throw questions back and forth. So great when you have a uh, case come in and you can, you know, shoot a quick question over and get a pretty quick response about a case that you may have in the chair. So that I think that for me, that is just worth its weight in gold. 
I think it's amazing when you can build a community and you can just say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where I need help. And it's not a judgmental zone because we've all been there. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're all learning. Mm-hmm. We're all continuing to grow and you don't know what you don't know. Um, but the thing is, if you can learn to ask the questions and you're asking the right people, um, then you start learning and you can do great things. So, yeah. 100%. Well, Shannon, here at Dental Fuel, we are dedicated to learning from clinicians, team members' mistakes. So I would love if you would share with myself and our listeners a little bit about a clinical mistake that you made, how you learned from it, and how you grew from that. Yeah, so there have been many, uh, sadly. (laughs) Um, We call it research. Uh, Glenn DuPont actually calls it research, (laughs) not a mistake, right? Um, But definitely some learning moments. And I had a case, and this was actually further along in my career that, you know, she had a lot of wear. She had done dentistry south of the border um, and had really thick base metal, porcelain fused to metal bridge work, like roundhouse bridges that were shearing and breaking. And it was just a constant issue for her. And it was plaque trap. It was just bad. So it was going to have to get replaced. Um, So I went through all of our checklists at the time and I was restoring her. But she broke down. She did great through a provisional phase, but then she broke like a canine. Mm. It came off, right? And I'm like, my work doesn't really do that very often. Like, <laughs> what's going on? Like I said, this is later in my career. So we're talking like 13 years out or something. So I'm thinking I, I should have this pretty well yeah. under my belt. What I had missed ultimately was it, she was a significant airway case. And I had missed the impact that that had for her. Um, because she was constantly moving, clenching, grinding, and she had been diagnosed with sleep apnea. And I made the mistake of just letting that be. Okay, well, you're wearing a CPAP. Let's just move on, right? I checked that box. But I really hadn't checked the box because she really wasn't compliant. Mm. It wasn't titrated well for her. And we still had to manage parafunction on top of it. So, you know, the hard part with a failure like that is I lost her anterior guidance I had to go back and reestablish all of that, manage the parafunction, but really you lose like your patient's confidence. Mm. And so that's hard, you know, and it's hard to look back and see. So, you know, I, I have to be careful because a lot of the mistakes that I'll make, it's because I've jumped in like a checklist. So at the academy, you know, we have like this checklist, which I love because it's, if you follow it step by step mm-hmm. by step, you don't miss things, but you also have to like really think about it. And I think for that one, I just checked a box and my other mistakes, it's just because I'm like, Oh, well, I already know that I'll skip it. And then it ends poorly. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was one of the most prominent ones that I could think of that really made me sad. How did the case end? Uh, we restored her. Then I restored her one more time. So, mm. you know, at that point I'm paying her yeah. for the case, yeah, absolutely. Um, got her connected to a sleep physician in the area who really helped improve that area. And she has to wear an appliance at night with her CPAP to help control the forces. Wow. Um, she didn't have a lot of posterior support. She wasn't an implant mm. candidate and she refused partials. <sighs> right. Yeah. That's... So, um, I was like, you still have to have like, you Something's got to protect there. You for do. Sure. So yeah, yeah. posterior support's so important. It is. Otherwise you can overload. Even if you have everything dialed in, because if there's that parafunction component, mm-hmm. crossover component, airway component in this particular case, you know, it, it, it was harder and I'd missed it. So uh, speaking on, on clinical stuff, um, and posterior support, 
I find it so interesting when we see non-curious cervical lesions when people are missing posterior teeth. I mean, all of that load is on those anterior teeth. And I'm just waiting for these teeth to go and like fracture off. Well, and many start to, right? Mm-hmm. They start to get like diastemas. They start to flare a little at a time. So if you're not measuring that, you know, you can ask the patient, have you always had that space? But I do feel like as a clinician, if we start to see diastemas, we need to record them like mm. the space. That's mm-hmm. where interval scanners and digital photography that you can take and just hold on to, you really will be able to see if over time that those are getting large, like bigger, bigger, bigger. And then fremitus, you know, is anything shaking and bouncing. So you just take your fingernails and you put very gently like a little butterfly on, on, mm-hmm. on the teeth and have the patient tap, tap, tap and grind all around. And you shouldn't feel the teeth moving. And a lot of folks who've lost posterior support and things start to maybe close down, you'll start to find that they're really bumping hard on their front teeth. And all of those things will start to happen. Mm-hmm. And they can get the non-carious cervical lesions. And then you go in and you're like, I'm going to put this beautiful little filling in. And then what happens to the filling? Boop. Out it comes, yep. right? It's like, did it make it to the parking lot or like the first no. meal? Not always, right? Mm-hmm. So then what do you do? You come back in. Well, there wasn't enough retention. So you're like <laughs> scoring more into the tooth. So you have to learn to control all of those factors. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, hopefully get them some back teeth yes. as well. Teeth are tricky. Teeth are tricky. Such and a beautiful system. It, it really is. It really is. I like it. Join us on our next episode where Dr. Johnson talks about a financial mistake she's made. Be sure to connect with Dr. Johnson on Instagram at Super Smiley Chick and with Ignite DDS at Ignite DDS. You can find me on Instagram at tsmaestas.dds. And while you're at it, be sure to check out our sponsors, Doctors Disability Specialists. <laughs>